And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. I have to eat mayonnaise later this week edition. That's right. We have to wrap up a very big college football Saturday, but we have to start by reminding everyone what I promised and what I'm going to have to deliver on Friday's show because Max Olson's joining tonight, and we're going to talk about all the stuff that happened in the world of college football, and that means Georgia dominating Auburn, Iowa State beating Oklahoma, TCU beating Texas, Tulsa beating UCF. Max, would you agree these are all very big results? I mean, we'll get to it. Let's talk about mayonnaise first. The biggest result, as far as this show goes, was NC State beating Pittsburgh. Yes, I realize if you listen to Friday's show, your old pal Andy said, there's no way Pittsburgh is losing. In fact, let's listen to what your old pal Andy said on that show. Is Pitt legit? Pitt Pitt is legit. They are too legit to Pitt. I'm doing the hand signals here, which you can't see because this is a podcast. But yes, Pitt is good. And this is not, they're playing NC State this week. This will not be the game. I know Pitt has a history of losing games they're not supposed to lose. This will not be that game. I can tell you that right now. I don't think you could ever guarantee that it won't be that game. That's the whole thing that Pitt is. Gamble, this will not I, be that game, Ari. So you're guaranteeing that they're going to take care of business? Here we go. I, I don't Here know go. why. Here we go. Ari, if NC State beats Pittsburgh on next week's show, I will eat a spoonful of mayonnaise. Oh, my God. <laughs> And, and if you are you, sure you want to do that? Don't mess around with it, man. I'm telling you, you, you don't want to do that. So that was me and Ari Wasserman, and he tried to warn me, Max, never to trust Pitt. But the people heard that, like, nobody put you in a corner. You volunteered to eat a spoonful of mayonnaise. Like, no one brought that up and put it on the table. You did. Because I believe you, you that thinking? much in the Panthers. My this goodness. was going to be their year. This was going to be different. Also, NC State lost by a million to Virginia Tech when they had 20 players out. That is true. You're saying true things. Well, what are you going to do, man? What uh, well, Dukes or... So Ari Wasserman, or what do you, what do you, got? you heard on that clip... He got to decide what brand of mayonnaise I will be consuming, and it will be Duke's. Mm-hmm. Okay. The mayonnaise of the South, the mayonnaise uh-huh. that sponsors a bowl game. So yeah, that, that is what I shall eat on Friday's show. There will be video, I promise, probably from multiple angles of me eating mayonnaise, which is the most disgusting food in the world. 
according to my gag reflex, uh, it tastes like despair feels. It is the devil's pomade. It is the worst thing in the world. I am going to eat a spoonful of it, and you're going to get to hear it and probably see it, and I hope I don't throw up because I know you don't want to see that. I mean... Are you just gonna do the one spoon stunt, or can you like make it? Like, can you make some BLTs too, or something like that, to make it easier? No, it's it's got to be pure mayonnaise. That's the bet I made. That's the deal I made. Uh, pure mayonnaise. A, a Lannister pays his debts, and so does a staple. No, I guess. no sriracha, no anything. To no, it, just mayonnaise. no. And, yeah. and somebody was trying to say, you know, move. tell Ari, hey, you can you can go for the mayo chip or the the mayo stirred. No, 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 no. no. It, it's got to be the pure, uncut, disgusting stuff. Well, what did we learn, Andy? What uh, what, do you, what do you learn from this, taking this L? The Panthers are not too legit to pit. They pitted. They pitted all the way on Saturday. It was they, fun to say, though. I, too legit to pit's good. I, 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 I like the sound of it. But. I know. I loved it. That's probably why this all happened, is I just wanted to, an excuse to say too legit to pit. Wishful thinking, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's bad. But Shout out Devin Leary. Heck of a game. He know? was fantastic. He, he really yeah. was. And I think that probably was the difference for NC State. When, you, you know, you find a quarterback you like, you, you let him run. For now, sure. That quarterback that we all like and the guy we, we thought we were going to see all season, we did not see him in the season opener, but we sure as heck saw him on Saturday. Brock Purdy for Iowa State getting it done against Oklahoma. Brocktoberfest, man. It has begun, you know. This is what the clones do. And uh this was uh the th- that Iowa State win over Oklahoma has just given me a lot of juice because you know, it's a it's a long awaited payoff for those of us who've have kind of firmly held their held on to their seat on the bandwagon of the, of Matt Campbell and the clones. I was texting with uh, the bear Chris Felica throughout that because we were so you know it, it's tough being out there with hey we think Iowa State can you know be a one of the, maybe the third best team in the Big Twelve they can be you know really really good they go lose a, a game in September again and uh, and scare you but hey the the calendar turns to October and they just never really lose in October the last few years so. Uh, a stunner in a lot of ways, but boy, they've they've done it before and they did it again. Yeah, and Oklahoma not tackling Oof. in a crucial moment. I, we've seen this movie before, but the difference is there has been a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback on the other side or a Heisman Trophy contending quarterback on the other side. Spencer Rattler is going to be good. He's not that yet, and unfortunately – they kind of need a Heisman caliber quarterback to make this work. And that that's not good. That Because you can't have that every year. They've had three in a row, three guys in a row who ended up in New York. But I'm sorry, you you have to be able to hang your hat on something else. Yeah. I uh, You know, you watched Georgia today. You watched Alabama. Um, you saw LSU a ton last year, like – I think one thing that stands out to me frequently when I watch Oklahoma, and and this was the case last year too, with the exception of Parnell Motley, like they just don't have the dudes in the secondary that you need to have, or on the D line to play they, at this they, level. They especially don't have the dudes on the D line. If you watch them getting blown off the ball, yeah, in the fourth quarter, they don't. And Georgia yeah. does. I mean, if you watch the the Georgia Auburn game, 
So Auburn's offense, the, the Gus Malzahn offense, predicated on running between the tackles to loosen things up and really get the pass game going because you have to be scared of both things before each play begins or you can focus on one or the other and take it away. And that is exactly what Georgia did. Georgia was not scared of Auburn running the ball at all and Correct. just dominated that game. So, I mean, that that is what you wanted. And it was interesting because every criticism we had of Georgia – against Arkansas was answered. You know, my thing was coming out of that Arkansas game, how come when Dewan Mathis was in the game and they, they were struggling with the passing game, how come they didn't just ram it down Arkansas's throat? Well, guess what? Right. They rammed it down Auburn's throat. And it, <laughs> Stetson Bennett didn't have any issues in the passing game either. I mean, he, he looked very comfortable in that offense. So it, Georgia looks like a team that can contend for the national title. But here's the thing, Max. So does Alabama. And here's the other thing. We may be looking at a two SEC get in kind of year because Texas lost on Saturday. Oklahoma lost on Saturday. It really feels like the the Big 12's national title chances or playoff chances are riding squarely with the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. That's right. They're riding on the mullet. Um, and, And then... It already was. It, it it got instantly tougher a couple weeks ago, when the Big Ten and Pac-12 decided to crash the party too. You know, so even if you know the, they're playing fewer games and and you know have, you know have their own level of margin for error too. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot tougher for, for the Big Twelve right now. Um, certainly, like it. Look, it, it is a weird year in a lot of ways. It is unprecedented. Can a two-loss team get into the playoff? I'm, I'm not going to say that can't happen, um, but if you're Oklahoma right now, you have to go. You have to be perfect from here on out, and that's this is a really hard year to be perfect. And you know the thing with them too, like, and you know Matt Campbell has this this saying he likes. Uh, he calls these guys um, erasers. The the players that are so good that they kind of cover up all of the flaws you have and make up for them and, and make the big plays that cover up the mistakes you've made. And, like, you know, Oklahoma had a couple of those dudes last year for sure with CeeDee Lamb and Kenneth Murray. Um, they've had they've had those guys the past few years. Uh, you didn't they, they didn't really have them tonight. They haven't had them this season, and that puts so much more on Rattler to be uh, to be phenomenal. And, and uh, you know, you just make one too many mistakes and you lose again. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, and, and you feel like Sam Ellinger's pushed in that, into that position for Texas as well. Yeah. Uh, yep. Except the difference is Sam Ellinger is a fourth-year starter, so you feel like, okay, he can probably handle that role a little better. Although, you know, Texas on the goal line, getting stuffed in crunch time. Max, you texted me because you listened to the show Ari and I did on Friday, <laughs> and we talked a lot about what's wrong with Texas. Why can't Texas ever just get where they're supposed to be, and that's – a team that competes for Big 12 titles and competes for national titles. And you texted me, you said, I could have answered every question. All right, now's your chance. Why can't Texas be good? 
How much time you got? No, I'm, I, we, I'll, I'll try and keep it short. Um, in this game against TCU, as has been kind of the tradition since 2012, um, Texas got outcoached in this game, and that that's just that's just been the case when they've gone ahead head to head with Gary Patterson. Pretty much every year they've played um, the, seven the, wins the, for TCU since they've joined the Big Twelve in, in 2012. Seven, yeah, yeah, against Texas. The you know that that was. I thought pretty pretty well done in, in in every way by TCU. I thought the offensive play calling from from Cumbie and Meacham was um, really smart in 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 forcing Texas defense to kind of have their eyes in the wrong places and not be very disciplined and and, and to give up some big plays. Um, if you want to go big big picture, we can certainly do that. I think it's it's still a problem of uh, evaluation and development there at Texas. I, I think that you you are you know the the key to getting over the top still is getting the best players in the state and the country to to want to come to Texas and right now um you're not putting out the draft picks at the rate you should so those guys look at Texas and say I could go to Alabama or I go to LSU uh or I go to Ohio State and feel more assured that I'm going to get the outcome I want which is winning a lot of games playing for titles and going to the the league so Texas has to fix the winning part to kind of convince those elite level guys um, that uh, you know that that Texas is the place that, that they can kind of all of their dreams can come true you know and so it takes developing those high level recruits into first round picks which has not been the case um, very much for the last decade and I mean I can go on and on and on man it's well, a it's let, a whole me, long story of a decade here this, but Max, because <laughs> I was a little shocked that Tom Herman used the get-out-of-jail-free card after last season and mm-hmm. replaced both coordinators. Because usually when a head coach does that, it's as a last resort. This had better work or else. And what if it doesn't work? What happens? Yeah. Um, I, you know, the interesting thing, I think, this these past couple of weeks is I, I haven't seen any panic from Tom Herman. He's been pretty – like, even today, he was – Pretty chill afterward that like, the, you know, our problems are fixable that like, you know, we made mistakes, but we're not going to, you know, we know this team can still be really good. And that, you know, at the end of the day, the two best teams will still get into the big 12 title game. So we, we still have a chance. And so I, I haven't seen him. I, I, I think there is a confidence right now still um, that this team can be really good. And there's been moments where you saw that, but. Now you think back on it, and you're like, I guess most of those moments were against UTEP. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, I mean, the Texas Tech, they needed a, a miraculous comeback to yeah. beat them. Yeah, it's still a consistency problem. It's still, you know, and look, in, in, I think part of it was on, on Saturday, they're one inch away from beating TCU. If, if you know, they'd call a different play at the goal line there, if Ingram doesn't reach, whatever. You know, they could have finished the job there, but they they let it get to that point because they didn't capitalize on – uh, the chances TCU gave them, and and once again, uh, as was the case last year, just a I mean, just a heck of a game for Max Duggan to take his you know when you give him enough chances, um, he makes you pay. Yeah, it it is amazing, and TCU now they've got a loss to Iowa State. Iowa State two and zero in the Big Twelve with with what looks like two pretty good wins, but we don't know. I mean, they got smoked by the Raging Cajuns. Smoked. Yeah. It, do you? This is a weird question, but do you think Bob Bowlesby and and the athletic directors in the Big Twelve are going to regret playing non conference games this season? Um, I think potentially. I you know there's they were in kind of a tough spot with that because 
you already play a round robin nine game conference schedule. You can't just tack on two more games yeah, like they, the they SEC play did. Ten like the SEC was right, right, and and you know you've got some some kind of requirements you're trying to hit with your TV deal, and and part of that is why they settle on a nine plus one. Uh, I'll tell you what, Andy. Though there there were some folks in the Big Twelve that wanted to play. They said, give us a chance to schedule up to 12. And so it would have been interesting to see if they'd gone in that direction of having the autonomy to set whatever schedule they wanted. Um, but playing the one non-conference game, um, you know, some some teams use that to, to schedule a really easy game. And in the case of Iowa State and K-State, um, they played a really tough opponent and lost. And, and I think that certainly impacts the perception of the Big 12 right now. But But let's be honest. If you're a Power Five team, you should beat a Sun Belt team. Sure, you you should. Yeah. I mean, you should not get destroyed by a Sun Belt team like Iowa State did, and you shouldn't lose to a Sun Belt team that is missing a lot of players like Kansas State did. It's that's the problem. Is it just looks so bad now, and and, it, and we have no basis for comparison anywhere else. I mean, the SEC is not going to play anybody, and they're gonna they're gonna play the whole. Well, it's the greatest grind in the world, a ten game SEC schedule card. Right. And we can't say anything one way or the other about that because we have no idea what that means. Well, look, I mean, given the history of this stuff, if the Big 12 had just played a conference schedule, they, they may have been fretting about data points at the end of it too, right? I mean, we've seen that before. I, I'd much rather have Iowa State be 2-0 and right now than 2-1 <laughs> and with a it, for giant sure. loss to, to Louisiana, Monroe, or Louisiana Lafayette. It, and that's been the tough thing at Iowa State is we've seen them upset really, really good teams over the last few years, but it's been, you know, the week-to-week consistency is just really hard to maintain at Iowa State. You have a, a razor-thin margin for error, and uh, they know that. They know that they are they're having to, to scrap it out every week, but um, that's why I'm fascinated to see where they go from here because I know folks in that program, after losing to uh, the Raging Cajuns, they didn't feel like, uh, they had totally misread their team and, and, and misjudged how the season was going to go. They still felt like they had a really, really good team. And against TCU and now Oklahoma, we've definitely seen it. Yeah, it, it, this is going to be an interesting Red River game. Oklahoma and Texas basically backed up against the wall. And I'm not sure. It's, a, it's like a loser leaves town. Game, it it you know, is. It? Well, I'm not even sure what if, if Oklahoma, if it matters if they win at this point. They've already lost two games in the league. I mean, maybe they Crazy. can make the championship game now, but maybe not. Bob Stoops never once did this in his entire run at Oklahoma. It hadn't happened since last year, John Blake, that the, that Oklahoma lost back-to-back Big 12 games. So this is a spot that they haven't been in in a long, long time. They haven't lost consecutive regular season games since year one of Stoops. Um, and, uh, you know, I certainly thought Oklahoma was vulnerable uh, right now, but you still kind of – you know, these guys just always figure out a way to bounce back. And so – it's pretty stunning to see the problems they're working with right now and, and just that, that this is just a little bit more of an incomplete team than the ones we've seen the last few years. Even even in the year when they had a horrible defense, this is still a team that's kind of got a variety of different problems. Yeah, Kyler Murray and, and CeeDee Lamb kind of smoothed out a lot of wrinkles yeah. back then. Yep. And, and you're right. So Jim Ross, giant Oklahoma fan, will get to call the Loser Leaves Town match. In Dallas next week, it's it's going to be great, um, you know. And, and it's interesting because as as much as Oklahoma has kind of towered over Texas in terms of the conference over the last few years, these games have all been relatively close. Yeah, 
Yeah, this is, you know, I now that this game's over, I mean, now it's Oklahoma, their last eight Big 12 games, seven of them have been decided by one-score margins. And that that wasn't the case when Lincoln Riley first got to Oklahoma. They were they were kind of steamrolling the conference. Um, and look, they're still, I think, 44-6, and six, I think, in, in, in their last 50 against the Big 12. So they still own the league. But um, I do think the rest of the Big 12 is c- catching up. And, you know, you kind of felt a couple weeks ago, like, with the way this conference is shaping up, that they just might beat each other up too much. You know, that they're just – it would be hard for, for Texas or Oklahoma to come out of this with, with you know, fewer than two losses. And I think that's kind of where we're heading now. And, and you know, Andy, maybe this is like 2008 where you've got, a, you know, four, three or four different uh, teams in the, in the mix for the Big 12 title. Maybe all of them are just like six and three this year. Maybe. I, I just – I still think Oklahoma State has a chance to do something. We'll, we'll see how yep. they progress. I mean – them struggling against Tulsa looks pretty different now that Tulsa has gone to Orlando and beaten UCF because that was a a long winning streak UCF had at the bounce house. Tulsa beat them and now has beaten them two years in a row. Yeah, it was like a 20-point dog that was down 23-5 to tonight, and they came all the way back on them. It's it's crazy. Look, the the upside for Oklahoma State is they're 3-0, and Spencer Sanders has only been on the field for one drive all season. So, um, they held him out again this week just to get him, get him right. They have a, a, a bye week coming up here, so um, you put him back in the lineup, and uh, you know they've they've got two big ones at the end of October uh, against Iowa State and Texas, and those are both at home. So they're they're in pretty good shape. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's going to be a really interesting year in the Big 12, but it's going to be really interesting these next couple weeks in the SEC. I feel like we've not talked about Alabama at all this season on the podcast, mostly because, okay, we – We've been talking about the teams that we're playing, and then Alabama starts playing, and they, they crush Missouri. That Okay, they crushed Texas A&M on Saturday. Mac Jones was 20 of 27 for 435 yards and four TDs. Uh, John Mechie 
who was a guy who kind of put put in his time as a freshman last year <laughs> behind a loaded receiving core, got a chance to be the star of the day with five catches for 181 yards and two touchdowns, and then Jalen Waddell had five for 142. They looked really good against a team that passes that blue-chip ratio cut line. Texas A&M does that. So does Auburn, and Georgia crushed Auburn. Alabama and Georgia are on a collision course, and they play each other in two weeks. But here's the thing about that SEC schedule. Georgia's got to play Tennessee next week. Yeah. Tennessee looked great today. Yeah. This, these next, And then we got Florida A&M next week, too. I yeah, mean, Florida and Texas A&M, which I'm very interested in that because it, the Florida offense looks spectacular. Uh, Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts looks like he's very tough to – to cover for anybody. He's got six touchdowns already. Trask has just been really in control, man, to start off here. He knows what he's doing, and it was interesting today because they finally found a way to get Kadarius Toney into the act. And Kadarius Toney, for those who don't know, is a guy who, when he has the ball in his hands, you're like, wow, that kind of looks like Percy Harvin when when he had the ball in his hands. But he never quite puts it all together. Well, on Saturday, they were kind of targeting him a little bit, and and they try to throw it to him you know, on these little short confidence builders and hope he could break a tackler. And he he didn't really do it at first. And then one play, boom, he breaks like five tackles. He's gone 50 yard. It was was 50 yards after the catch touchdown. Mm -hmm. And so they look fantastic offensively. They look a little bit vulnerable defensively. And I think A&M will be a good test for them because I'm not sure how great Texas A&M's offense is. It, it had some moments today against Alabama, but just not really enough. But Florida's got to get better defensively before it gets to the point where it's got to play Georgia. It's got LSU before that, so they'll, they'll, they'll be tested. But I, I have a feeling Florida may have to play some shootouts in the next couple of weeks with A&M and, and LSU. Yeah, I mean, they seem right now like a team that would be comfortable doing that. Oh, uh, yeah. Just in terms of just the the way that that Trask is connecting with his guys right now and I I, I like what I've seen but it's a, I mean next week's pretty fun man because then you also throw uh you know I know that that Red River's diminished now a bit but you throw Clemson Miami into that too right we're about to find out real quick who's legit listen Virginia State we know it's not game. Pitt but we're about to find out who else is legit <laughs> Pitt is not Pitt is not legit sorry uh, but but Virginia State in that game against Clemson for a while on Saturday night and. That leads me to believe that Miami can do some stuff against yeah. this team. I, I, I don't know that it means Miami can beat them, but I, I do think it means Miami can give them a game. Yeah, what we, we did drift off from Alabama here. What did, what did you think of just the, the total performance there? Because I think, first of all, I mean, I, we've seen it for the, these, these few starts from Mac Jones. Like, he loves to chug it, and those guys get open. So, like, that, the, their ability to hit shot plays – you know, post Tua, it looks totally fine to me, right? Like, and that that's going to balance everything out in terms of what they can already do in the run with the, the offensive line they have. So that yeah. offense still looks really complete to me. Yeah, and the defense looked pretty good too. Now that the, the A&M yep. hit a couple throws on them, but I, I think when you're when you're playing this way, and I, I I'm including Alabama in this, when you play offense that way, there are going to be a lot of possessions. You're going to give up some some points every once in a while. It's going to yeah. happen. The, 2012 is a long time ago. You're not going to see that anymore. You know, Georgia and Auburn chose to play a game where there weren't going to be as many possessions. Alabama doesn't play that style anymore. That's just not how they play. And so I don't, I don't really have an issue with, with what 
what Alabama gave up defensively. I think you're right about Mac Jones. It's you know it's pretty clear he he's been studying this offense while sitting behind Tua. I mean he was ready when Tua got hurt last year. You know, but for a pick six against Auburn, you know, right. we, we wouldn't even be questioning this. There, I don't think there'd even have been any offseason talk about Bryce Young even thinking about winning the job. So, but Mac Jones very, very clearly has it right now. He's going to throw for a lot of yards against Ole Miss. The yeah. other thing is, Ole Miss will be a great test for Alabama's defense because you know you're going to score on the other side. You know Mac Jones and company are going are gonna to score a bunch of points. But can you slow down that Ole Miss offense that Florida couldn't slow down and Kentucky couldn't slow down? I, I think these these two games from Ole Miss, you've definitely seen if you give them a couple chances, they can go put up some points on you and put you put you in some danger here. And I thought the way that they, you know, obviously you benefit from the miss extra point there at the end against Kentucky. But I mean that that was a heck of a performance overall by a staff that's still still adjusting. You know, not that Lane's unfamiliar with the SEC or anything, but. That they're still trying to figure out what they've got there, and and they've been able to piece together, um, you know, enough pieces to to put together a pretty fun offense. Yeah, and Kentucky's in a better place as a program than than Ole yep. Miss is. So yep. to go in there and win like that is huge for Lane Kiffin. There were two games involving SEC schools for Mississippi on Saturday, though. The other one, we watched Mississippi State shred LSU's defense. And we were like, wow, the air raid can work in the SEC. And the question we kept asking is, why didn't LSU just do what Washington did? Because that always yeah. beat Mike Leach's offense. And that would be drop eight in the coverage, rush three. Bo Pelini decided to blitz all the time and got picked apart. Well, guess who watched a few Apple Cups <laughs> over the, the past week? The Arkansas Razorbacks, because they rushed three, they dropped eight. And they ended up winning the game. Arkansas wins its first SEC game since 2000, what, 2017? I, I have to think the Arkansas staff, Barry Odom and his guys, just went through the LSU tape and just wrote in all caps, no man-to-man, you know? And let's just... Not this. <laughs> this is... we got some pretty clear evidence here of how maybe we should approach this one. Um, what a difference, Andy. I mean, and people have kind of been joking about it on Twitter all night, but that's... You know, that is, in a lot of ways, that, that was the Mike Leach Pac-12 experience, right? Where from week to week, there are some, some really insane highs, and there are some uh, sort of baffling regressions to the mean sometimes. Well, losing Kylan Hill in the first series, I think, has a little bit to do with that because sure, either you could hand it to him and maybe force that extra guy back in the box. I don't know if that's what Leach would have done. Or you're throwing it to him on that angle route, and he's probably breaking some tackles and making something happen. Because they really they needed to make one more play, and they didn't. They needed to make one more play for about a half, and they just didn't do it. But I, I do want to play something for you, Max, because this was a big night for Arkansas. This was, this was a long time coming. These fans have been suffering. Think about how awful the last two years were for Arkansas. This was miserable. They were 0 for the SEC they just got hammered. They lost to North Texas. They lost to Western Kentucky to the quarterback that they that their coaching staff ran off. Sure did. Tonight, they won an SEC game. This is our friend Chris, who goes by Jerk Weedery on, on Twitter. I'm sure you've seen him. Here he was following the game. Final score, 21 It's time to do the good tweet. 
streak is over. Whole hog, half ham. Arkansas by damn. Sui! So between Arkansas by damn and Sui was him uncorking a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle and just chugging from it. Wow. Love it. Love it. That That is the... Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty high-level payoff there. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, listen, that's the way you celebrate something like that. Something two years in the making, you got to break out the pappy for that. You can't just go with what you normally... You can't go with the well stuff. You got to go top shelf. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Like, you know, we've, we've seen this already, you know, in a, in a pretty damaging way for the Big 12. But, I mean, it is fun to have... Okay, Ole Miss can play with people right away, right? Arkansas can play with people right away. Like I, 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 that parody might not be super fun when it comes, you know, counting up the wins and losses for playoff time. But I do think it could introduce more chaos into uh, into this conference race here. And I and think the, certainly I think we saw that with Mississippi State last week too. You know, I think the ten game SEC schedule is going to introduce a lot of chaos because you have stuff like Georgia having to play Tennessee before they play Alabama and having to play Kentucky after they play Alabama. You, you have Florida having to play A&M and LSU in consecutive weeks. So they, they're not going to win all these games. The favorites yeah. are not going to win them all and then just beat each other. That's not going to happen. So we'll, where's the next one? Where's the you, next and, one that we go, whoa? Hey, no, no FCS November game either, you know, to get nope. right. No, this it's, is this is going to be in. Look, it's all I, gas, no breaks, man. I, I, was I can't making wait. Fun of them talking about the grind of the ten game SEC schedule, <laughs> but they're not wrong. No, the the SEC propaganda is not wrong in this case. It will be a grind, and it will be hard. And and if anybody gets through it unscathed, God bless them. I'm just not sure that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and this, you know, and that is it's also going to turn. Um, turn things real sour for good teams. And I think we're already, you know, going to see how how much that unfolds with A&M now, right? And yes. going to play Florida next. And can you can you get the morale back? Can you get people excited about Kellen Bond again? I mean, where, you know, how do you kind of bounce back now? This was supposed to be their year. And remember, if this is a conventional year, if they played the 12-game schedule that they'd originally had scheduled, they were replacing Clemson Colorado. and Georgia with yeah. Colorado and Vanderbilt. That's the right. way the schedule worked out, there's a good chance they could have started 8-0, 8-1, 7-1, something like that. It would have looked really, really good. But now, and I don't know where, where you draw the line that means success in a 10-game conference-only schedule in the SEC? Is it 7-3? and three? Does that mean you've right. had a very successful year? I think, I think that's fair. I don't know how they get there. The, the problem in this sport is that even though we all need to recalibrate those win-loss expectations this year, it's, it's, not, it's never going to be like the NFL where you're like, oh, you lost this, but oh, you'll get the, you, know, like you got plenty more here, right? Like it's, still, it's still life and death every week, even yeah, every though you just have to the adjust the to the fact. Yes, 100%. And the message boards will still burn down every time you lose, even though, look, for a lot of folks, if you look at the schedule objectively, you'd say, boy, hope we go six and four. And if we go better, then that was a great year. Well, and, and that's that's the thing about next week. And, and I guess 
what makes this 10-game SEC schedule so interesting is it almost feels like a cumulative effect because the message boards will burn down next week no matter who wins between Florida and Texas A&M. Somebody's message board's burning down. Georgia and Tennessee, no matter who wins, somebody's message board's burning down. Y- you think the loser of Red River is going to say, ah, we'll get him next time, no big yeah. deal. Especially not under these circumstances. I no, mean, no. It, it feels more compressed, and so it, if anything, it feels more urgent. Even though this could be a year where because of the way the schedules go, we could see two lost playoff teams. And because of the way this is all set up, I mean, I think we still, like, there's probably, today you'd still say, okay, Alabama and Clemson, and maybe if you want to pick Georgia in that list, you can, Um, but there's only a couple, but there's only a couple where you'd say, all right, I feel pretty good that they're going to play at a high, very high level every week, right? And the rest of them, it's like, it's just, there's going to be some random stuff going on, you know, it's just not going to be. I, I don't think we can ask them to be super consistent from week to week. And as we've seen with like Iowa State tonight, right? It's just you're going to have a couple of those those days where you're missing enough guys or you're making enough mistakes and it falls apart on you. But the week to like, you may be way better next time you go out there. So we did have to wait longer for this. We're sitting here in the first weekend of October and it really does feel like the second real week of the season. But you know what? It may have been totally worth it, Max, because this is going to be a crazier season than anything we've ever seen. I mean, the the outside circumstances, of course, are crazy. Everything about this entire year has been nuts. For sure. Not just college football, just life. But this college football season is going to be, I think, 2000 level, 2007 level insane because yeah. of the circumstances. Well, look, I mean, let's – I mean – I mean, we, we there was no SEC, Big 12, or ACC games that got called off on Friday or anything like that. Like, we got through a week here without a bunch of postponed oh, no, games. No, the, te- but the test, Max, the test comes Thursday. Do Thursday? Houston and Tulane kick off? Does Houston hey, finally get to play a game? I'll, I'll run out to the party store, and I'll pick up whatever you need me to pick up to join you and Nicole in celebrating the, uh, the kickoff of the Houston game because well, we, it's... We, we, we joked about a confetti cannon, like blasting it onto the field yeah. after the opening kickoff to celebrate, but it seems like SMU already stole our bit. They did. The confetti was strong with SMU today, and uh, yeah, I love love seeing that fly onto the field mid-play. You, it, it's just a great, got to add to the atmosphere there. It was um, still flying around in the fourth quarter. It was swirling. It was great. It was great. Um, yeah, it's... But like you know, the day started obviously with the Cam Newton deal, and and certainly the NFL having to like wrestle with, okay, you postpone one of the biggest games of the week. What do we do? And you know, fortunately, we got through another week here where the, at least the Power Fives uh, were totally fine. So, well, obviously, uh, that, this isn't an NFL podcast, Max. But do you think the fact that the college football season has continued despite a few hiccups along the way? makes it easier for the NFL to go, no, we're just going to reschedule this. Quit saying we need to shut the whole thing down. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, in a day like today, it was certainly messy for the Pats, and you go through all the protocols and figure out how does this work and how to reschedule and all that. But, you know, and the Titans deal happened this week too. But I'm really I mean, hoping we get Tuesday football out of this. I'm too. That I'm isn't too. The sun, I, I love the fun belt, but Tuesday NFL would be pretty cool too. 
this is this is kind of where we're at. Fortunately, at least at this point, is that it's still you know the show goes on even if one or two can't make it work. You, you still everybody else you know has better better luck and keeps rolling. And so I'm just I'm grateful that we got through this week where uh, all these games were played. And and I'm with you that the the chaos ahead here is going to be phenomenal. And you hope that a lot of that chaos isn't like you know postponement related stuff. You hope it's just decided on the field. But buddy, it's uh. It's 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 shaping up real good. This did feel like the first weekend that had kind of that, even with just three power five leagues in the AAC, like it, it still feel like it had that juice of a regular college football week. It, it absolutely did. And at the end of this coming week, as we preview the next week's games, I'm going to have to eat some mayonnaise. So let that be a lesson to all of you, kitties. Don't do what your Uncle Andy did. Never bet on Pitt. Never, ever, 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 ever. But Friday with Ari Wasserman, we will know if Houston kicked off. And we will also get to see me and hear me eat the worst food in the world. The one that makes me gag even thinking about it. That's right. I'm going to eat a spoonful of mayonnaise on this podcast and it's totally my fault, and I deserve this. I, I, can if I can make one request, can you yeah, get yeah. your wife to do like the slow mo video on her iPhone or whatever, so that you can kind of later on you can go through the full reaction, uh, real slowed down, because there's going to be a lot going on there when you when you you glug that down. There will be multiple angles. Ari's going to be on Zoom with me. You're going to see his horrified reaction. There may be a bucket. I haven't decided it, what my chaser's going to be. <laughs> if it's going to be a beer, if it's going to be a shot of bourbon, if it's going to be a food. Like, you know, with the, when you remember, you know, when you get a, a shot of really bad tequila, you want that mm-hmm. lime as close as possible. Yeah. You've got to get it on your teeth as soon as you possibly can. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be in that spot. Yeah, there's you got to be careful there. If you reach for like a glass of milk or something, you may yak right away. You know, you gotta, no you milk will carefully. not be part of the equation. But there will yeah. be a there will be a barf bowl, and there will be some sort of chaser to make this awful what, taste what go away. What would work with that? Yeah, Ugh. you got you got a few days to research. What's what balances out? What undoes the taste of mayo here? You know, I, I'm I'm terrified of this entire thing. But the show must go on. I made a promise. I lost. You're an honorable man, Andy Staples. <laughs> That's right. I, I'm paying it off. Max Olson, it has been a pleasure. Please tweet at Max and I and tell us what you are making for breakfast as you listen to this podcast. It is a favorite part of my Sunday. Also, if you're a new listener, please subscribe, rate, review. We like five-star reviews. We also like constructive criticism. Whatever, whatever you want to give, we appreciate it. And please subscribe to The Athletic right now for a limited time, $1 per month for your first year. It is the best deal going. It is the best deal in sports writing ever because it is the best sports writing on the planet. So much that you can't even read it all. $1 per month for your first year. Go to theathletic.com slash Andy Staples to subscribe. All right got like five days before I have to swallow mayonnaise. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to prepare myself. 
When it happens, when the day comes, I'm going to be ready. We got one more podcast before that. So I plan to be in a much better place for that one. I'll talk to you on Wednesday.